Well, the Scudetto's wrapped up. The Champions League places are all decided. Europa League places are all decided. Relegation's almost decided. So what's left to play for? Oh, Richard and I will figure that out, won't we? There's still another week of this thing to go. Let's have a sit down. Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio told like it is. I'm Frank Crivello, he's Richard Carmen. Ciao Richard. Ciao Frank, how are we doing on this, uh, what, what day are we? Sunday, it's Sunday, we're back on Sunday. Yeah, it's we are on. back on, we are back on Sunday night because you think you can just go and take vacation whenever you want so we can't record on Tuesday well, night. That's good that those wrapped up, so I was like, I'm just going to get out of town while, the, while I don't want to hear all this Juventus chatter. By the way... A lot of people have chimed into me this uh, tonight saying, you know, keep Frank under an hour talking about Juventus on this title. So I'm like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> checking, checking out early, I see. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I, 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 will, I will not begrudge you of that. So um, I am going uh, with uh, the good people of New Glarus Brewing Company, Spotted Cow. Is my right. choice, as I've been saying ever since the quarantine. I've been trying to keep the beer drinking local, uh, so we'll go with the, our in-state. In this case, New Glarus, I think, is a couple hours drive north of where I live. So, okay. Um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, great tasting beer that none of you are going to get to have because it's only sold in Wisconsin. I'm going with a little bit of water. Not, not no, uh, not that we're sponsored by Bubbly, though. If they want to, they can certainly sponsor us. Uh, yeah, just not drinking any alcohol right now. Just. Uh, Tomorrow's going to be a long day, so I just figured I'll hydrate myself now and uh, not pay for it later. Yep. Um, so we are we're, – we're, we have two match days remaining um, before uh, all is said and done, but the Serie A title officially uh, wrapped up today with yeah. Juventus making it nine in a row uh, after beating Sampdoria, and we'll talk about that game here in a moment. But let's start at the top. Juventus are champions again. I thought they would do it um, th at the beginning of the season, considering Saudi coming in. We thought it would be a take some steps back, fall behind a little bit, and then we'd see Saudi ball. But we haven't really seen Saudi ball. It's It's been awfully strange. Um, but, you know, let's start with this question, Richard. Uh, COVID has made this championship strange enough. But – yeah, I can't remember a more strange way to win a Scudetto, uh, you know, in all of this time. Uh, Giulia Patate won. Ciao ragazzi. Good to see you. Thanks for checking in. Um, I can't remember a more strange set of circumstances with which a team won a title. You know, obviously the COVID break, but then they were dropping so many points. And the t the teams that had their had their look at it, Lazio had a look at it. Atalanta was making a charge. Inter had their look at it. Yeah, they kept dropping points. So I mean, it almost becomes Juventus wins this by default. Yeah, it, it, I think I think so. And uh, lots of people were chiming in on this on Twitter that you know the the teams that had the best opportunity, Lazio, Atalanta, uh, Inter. They all had their opportunities, and they all you know blew it away. They just couldn't. They, you know, when the time came, crunch time came. They choked it away in whatever you know, whatever facet they did. 
And, you know, despite all the inefficiencies, inconsistencies by Juventus, ultimately they were the most consistent bunch of everybody. And, uh, you know, you know, say what you will, but uh, they're consistent and they continue winning. And it's going to take a valiant effort by a team for the whole season uh, to dethrone them. It's uh, it's nine and it can only get stronger because this is, uh, I think Neem is the one who said, tweeted this out earlier. He said, you know, this is probably the best chance somebody's going to have with Sarri because this is his first year and the team is not his guys yet. But, you know, maybe next year they're going to be a lot more stronger. They're going to be playing Saudi ball next year. So, you know, uh, it's a, it's unfortunate for the, those three teams, those, those three contenders. But maybe next year we have some uh, stronger competition and uh, maybe they, ha- they can give Juventus a run to the last day. Is this in the nine years that they've – is in the nine years that Juventus have dominated this yeah. competition, is this the worst of the nine Juventus teams? It feels like it, doesn't it? It feels like a little. Um, I mean, at least with with Conte and and Allegri, you, they had a system. They knew what they wanted, and it's kind of how the, the style they're going to play. Sadi, we all had this hope that, that he's going to play Sadi ball, like you said earlier, uh, play his beautiful style of football, and it never got to that. And I think because of that, we all had all this all this high hope for for watching that kind of style of play, and it never just never culminate, culminated. Excuse me. Uh, and so, yeah, it does feel like it was uh, it was uh, the worst one of the bunch. Uh, they were very consistent at times. Um, had some had this is probably the most losses they've had in a season in a while. Uh, and you know, every every you know all those players that we thought could have done really well this year really didn't. Um, they had the piano issues. You had Kadira. You had a bunch of other stuff. Oh, Kadira's gone, but um, Matuidi had people retiring. It just felt like the time that they could have lost, and they didn't. But so this is certainly uh, out of the nine that they had in a row. This is probably the weakest team I, I, I feel possibly, or at least the weakest team in terms of the the final outcome. I don't know. When you, when you take a look at it, and, and 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 I mean, let's look at it position by position. You know, goalkeeper. I think I actually think Wojciech Chesney's had a solid season. I mean, you, yeah, look, I look who you have to compare him against. Yeah. Um, you know, the greatest, probably the greatest goalkeeper to ever play Hands in Gen Luigi Buffon. Um, you look at the defense, you have a Leonardo Bonucci who loses people in crossing situations for various reasons. Um, and the majority of the season, he's partnering with a Matias de Ligt who has a world of promise, a world of potential, is going to be a world-class defender by the time his career is over, is going to be regarded as one. Um, but this was a learning year for him. Yeah. Um, you had, they didn't have a consistent right back. They had to uh, deputize Juan Cuadrado at right back. They yep. had uh, Alexandro at left back, uh, you know, in and out of the lineup with injuries and inconsistencies. Dear Ronaldo stopped playing, play, taking free kicks and good evening, gents. Good evening, Bob. Good evening, good evening Bob. Evening, good evening, George. Good to see you. George Zenga out. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> I lost some money today on Cagliari. Uh, um, so, um, but anyway – uh, getting back to it, so you look at that. You look at the midfield, and the midfield constantly gets criticized. Pjanic has a ton of miles on him, yeah, um, you know, and doesn't appear to be the same guy anymore. I think he's been decent in the couple of appearances that he's made lately. Um, Rodrigo Bentancur, I think, is on the upswing. I think Absolutely. that there's a positive you can take out of that. I've been very impressed with Adrian Rabio over the last handful of games. Um, you know, so this is a midfield that I think a lot of people are critical of, but a midfield that is getting better. Um, when you take a look at it, yeah. you know, and then in attack, it is best when Ronaldo and Dybala are together. Um, it seems it's the most dangerous. It's the most unpredictable. You have Iguain in there who, you know, 
decent. Um, but you're, you're talking about those guys. It's just the struggle to find a consistent third guy to work in with them, whether you have Iguain as the striker or you have Bernardeschi off to the side or you have Douglas Costa. None of those guys stuck. You know, right. so there was a lot of questions being asked of this Juventus team throughout the entire season, and here you go, they're at the top. Yeah, and uh, you know, this like you said, from you know, a lot of fluid pieces this year. A lot of like the midfield players didn't really stick. The you know, Costa and some of the attackers didn't really stick. Uh, a lot of fluid pieces here, and you know, with Delict coming in this year, he had to learn his way around the league. Uh, took him took him some while, looked like a fish out of water at the beginning, but he came on strong at the end of the season. I, he, for me, he was the strongest defender out of the, out of their out of their back line um, at the, at the end of the season. Bonucci seemed to he kind of wavered, and I, I guess maybe with the age is catching up to him. I don't know, um, but uh, overall, they they did enough together to get by, and uh, yeah, they, they were they they were consistent enough to get the title. Yeah. Uh, and you can't ask more for a champion. They did it the Juventus way, I guess, where it doesn't have to be pretty. It was a, it was an Allegri type way, right? It wasn't always pretty, but they got the job done. What does it say about the teams that had their shot that they couldn't catch them this year? Nima made a very good point. This might be yeah. the year to beat Juventus for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, Inter had some looks at it and couldn't get it done. They actually were at the top of this table at the beginning of the season. You know, Lazio going into the COVID break was – a point out yeah. <laughs> George <laughs> if Calady had cardboard cardboard cutoff fans they would try to leave after today's performance <laughs> he's trying to Do get in there Calcio, one Calcio Twitter there you go I, Put it I, in I, I think he's in he's you gotta tweet that. that George you gotta tweet that but I'm writing that down right now George <laughs> we can do that it's our contest it's our show yeah do if Calady, I'm writing this down if Calyardy had cardboard cutouts. <laughs> Talk about the three that screwed this thing and, and, and kept it from being a race. Yeah, you know, uh, Inter, like you said, it started out in, in the lead at the beginning of the season. Uh, they slowly wavered. I never thought that Inter had a chance to win the Scudetto this year. I thought they'd be in the mix for sure because uh, you you would with uh, Antonio Conte. Uh, but, you know, Conte typically needs two seasons. You know, obviously it was a blip, a different a different you know circumstance with Chelsea. Um so I figured I figured the second year with Conte would be the really the year that, that challenges for Scudetto. So you know it wasn't a surprise to me that Inter wasn't you know there the whole time. Um, Lazio, big surprise. Many people thought it was gonna be a setback, including me. I thought it was gonna be a setback this year after last yeah. year's campaign. They came back with a vengeance. They were there tooth and nail. Up, I, I think that COVID break may have messed with them. Part of it also is the mental thing. They, they we've, we talked about this at length, and I don't want to I don't want to talk about it anymore. But um, you know with them, I think they're so close. They have the right starting 11 if they can lock them all up. They need depth. No doubt about it. They need depth because when guys start going down with injury, you you could tell the big difference between Juventus and Lazio with the depth department. Uh, sure. it, it was night and day between them. And then Atalanta was the surprise of it all. We we, we thought there would be fun at Atalanta like they had been in the past. We, we, yep. saw, we saw what they did last year. Uh, but this year, they just started turning it on. And then against the bigger clubs, too, when they, you know, I think the games when they won 5 nothing against Parma, 5 nothing against Milan, everyone's like, oh, hold up. Maybe they, you know, once they got the Europa League or Champions League out of the way um, early on, first the first half of the group stage, then it's kind of like they woke up and they're like, we can do both these in the league and Champions League, and they just started performing like crazy, uh, taking down everybody, and then I mean, goal scoring like um, like no other, um, and they were really the surprise the darlings of the season, whether you like them or not, uh, and they end up coming in the, in the hunt at the end of the season, came close. 
Uh, but I think next year, look out for them. If they don't lose too many guys through, you know, um, through transfers, they got to have to, they have to be one of the top three teams uh, for next year. Yeah, indeed. So is Inter the closest title rival here uh, to Juve? Going to next year, I would say yes. Okay. I would say yes. Conte has got to be bringing in more guys. Uh, the Tonali piece is still out there. The rumors now that Milan is maybe into the into the fight too, but you got to think Juventus and Inter are in it, and maybe there's another per, another team there, whether on the peninsula or not. Uh, but Inter are going to get stronger. They are. They're they're already have another year under Conte, and they're going to get more pieces in Conte's pieces. So I I look for them to be strongest contenders uh, going into next season. What are, what are Conte? What are Conte's pieces? By the way, it's it's it, it, it that's that's where I have a problem. I think Conte's pieces are. Ever players that yeah the players that he desires because the the players in house just lost a match and he's not happy with them, um, but he he needs players that play a certain a certain style um, and I guess it, not not every player that he has currently on the team fits that can fit that mold or not as flexible. Bidagi was terrible for most of the season. Yeah, uh, he probably could use some help on the wing backs both sides. Sure. Uh, center backs was was a nightmare. What we thought would be a dream. Uh, center back pairing with the three ended up being a nightmare with two out of the three. So um, he's going to find a center back to, to compliment um, DeVry. And then um, I think the strikers, if you know, the, we'll see what happens with Laturo, but Sanchez, yeah. Alexis Sanchez is one of the signings of the year. looks like at, mid- yeah. at the midpoint. So yeah, big, big revelation, especially post COVID he's been, yeah. uh, he's been outstanding uh, for Inter. Sir Bob um, says, not so Inter. Not so Inter. Yeah. There you have it. Um, <laughs> Milan's got to worry about top four before they can worry about contending for a title. I know it's Latan said, you know, a couple of weeks ago and yeah. you know, it's all well and good, but I think it's a lot's going to depend on what they do in this transfer window. First and foremost, keeping the guys that they got, obviously keeping the core, which more and more, you don't see a whole lot of stories now going, you know, and I think it's going to be hard to move anybody because if the saleable guys for Milan are, you know, going to come at a hefty price that they're not going to get in this window. I don't think, um, you know, so, uh, it's, it's that, can they get a right back? Can they get a striker that can be ready to take the reins from Ibrahimovic? That's going to be okay with having a season under his wing and learning a little bit and getting the, getting the occasional games here. Who is that guy? Um, you know, that's something that the scouting department and everybody in Milan, everybody involved in Milan. And then, I hate to say this are the good times that Milanisti are having right now because it is the reality. Will Pioli's act wear thin? Yeah. Because it's happened yeah. everywhere else he's been. You know, I mean, and there's he's a good guy. It's not because of that. It's not because he's this hard line disciplinarian. He's a player's yeah. manager from the accounts that you hear. Um, it's you know, things get stale with them. They did it every other place that he's been at, at least as far as you know, the major Serie A teams are concerned. Yeah. I agree. Um, so, and, you know, next year, you know, many, like you said, many people want to put Milan up there in the list with, you know, Lazio and Atalanta, but, or Atalanta and Inter. Uh, but I, let's get, let's see Champions League first. That's the first step. And like you said, there's always that, will that foot, will that shoe drop uh, with Pioli? We, you know, it's, it's done fantastic now. Uh, mm-hmm. The team's behind him. But when something goes wrong, will everything shit the, you know, will shit hit the fan or what? Yep. We'll see. Time to tell. Let's come back to Juventus a little bit because this was supposed to be about them. <laughs> so, Whoops. Did they win or something? Yeah, they won the title. We better talk about them a little uh, bit here. I so, um, 
Nima also uh, referenced two players that are arriving next season. Um, Arthur coming over from Barcelona, yeah. uh, which I think Im- upgrades that midfield immediately. And in a, in a midfield of him, uh, Benton and, and Rabio is could potentially be a sight to behold if they click. And then Dejan Kulishevsky, who has obviously been a huge revelation at Parma. Yeah. Um, is he, is it time for him, for, for Juve to have him there permanently starting next season and have him be the third man in that three man attack where you're going Ronaldo Dybala and Kulishevsky? Why not? Uh, after the campaign he's had, uh, I guess it depends how quickly he adapts to Sari Ball. You know, I would rather see Douglas Costa in there just because when he's on, he's one of the best players in the world at, at doing what he does. But if it's not Douglas Costa, it's got to be it's got to be uh, Kulishevsky. I think uh, he's shown what he's can, can do throughout the season. The yep. kid never tires, and so why not? I mean, we've seen it before with, with with Juventus, especially. You know, they buy some players, and it doesn't always pan out. Bernadeschi is a prime example. So um, I say, give the kid a shot. If you're not going to start Douglas Douglas Costa or he's un, unfit to do so, uh, put in Kulishevsky. Yep. I want to see what the kid can do. Yep. Let's let's see how he. Let's see how he blends with all of them. Yeah, yeah, It'd be god awful dangerous, that's for sure. So um, we'll uh, we'll see, you know. And I mean, if if, if it's true, Saudi ball at Juve, it's going to be uh, it's definitely going to be uh, something to look forward to, something to watch. How would you ra- how so, would you rate Sari's season so far? If you in a, in a, in a, a scale of A through F, how what would you give Sari? Because you know he obviously had high expectations, and Champions League is still out there. We don't know what's going to happen with that yet. Uh, but you know the season they did win. It wasn't as pretty, or as you know, it wasn't to their standard. But so, what would what would you give his grade wise this year? I I give him a B minus. Okay. Okay, because I think he took a club, and I think he took a dressing room, and he just he didn't really do anything special with it. You know, he didn't add any bells and whistles to it. He didn't add anything that makes you say this is an A performance. Yeah. He just didn't. He just he didn't as you were job. Um, yeah. you know, and he let Juve be Juve. You know, maybe that maybe that merits getting an A. Yeah, I was thinking. I was like, what if the, should you give him more credit because he didn't come in and try to do it sorry way. He came in and said, let me let me start out slowly and then realize you know these guys are still implemented very very thoroughly in this Allegri way. Let's right. continue to play. Then I'll just tweak things here and there, uh, try to make it a little bit better. And you know, that's you gotta you gotta give him credit for that because some managers could come and say this is my way or the highway, uh, and it could have ruined things. So true, he didn't do that. But I, you know, I think I'm treating Saudi a little bit differently because I saw what, what what I saw from him at Napoli, right? And then what I saw from him in his one season at Chelsea, yeah, um, with with what he turned them into, especially in the second half of that season, yeah. Um, you know, I think that I have maybe I hold him to a higher standard. I expect a different style of football from a, a, a Saudi managed team. Yeah. I didn't get that this season, and that's probably why I mark him down a little bit. Um, did he do everything he was supposed to do as with respect to the league? Obviously, he did. They won the title. But I guess I I have you know when he puts the kind of football that he's put out there for the last several years and the reputation that he's known for. Um, and we didn't see that this year. I, it, he does, he does fall off a little bit for me, but yeah. at, at the same time, here's where I will credit him. He got more flexible tactically 
Um, he he got more flexible from a rotation standpoint. He didn't run guys into the ground. Alex Tool, good friend of mine, is giving him a C plus. Bob Lex is giving him a B. I'm giving him a B minus. I'm right in. I'm right in the middle of it, of it with you guys. Yeah. Um. So, what happened to DiBala? He wasn't a danger man. I think DiBala, when DiBala got the chance to start, he was very, very good. Yeah. He, uh, what was it? The week before against Lazio, he was outstanding. Yeah, he was. And the funny part was he didn't start. He wasn't he wasn't slated to start. Iguain was supposed to start. We talked about this last week. <laughs> Iguain must not have had enough mate the night before. <laughs> or or something like that. And it left him dehydrated and it left him cramping up in warm-ups and, and Dybala got the, the late start. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, but I, I think when he was on and he was given his opportunity, I think he was very, very good. And he was a guy that you definitely couldn't ignore as much with as much attention that you were putting on uh, CR seven. So, um, but yeah, I, I can't, you know, I, for the reasons that I've lined out and I think, you know, Saudi, I, I can't give Saudi an A. Well, he, we basically, saw of, we, yeah. he basically made this look like, and Rafa, Sorry to cut you off. And Rafa, oh. uh, uh, our friend from Nanopoli, uh, from the Far From Vesuvius podcast, actually, I think, said it on Twitter, you know, paraphrasing him. It seems anybody could go to Juve and win a Scudetto now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the, especially those guys. Those guys have been with one coach for a long time, Allegri I'm talking about. So they were ingrained in his way. It's very similar to when Ancelotti went to Napoli. They were ingrained in Saudi ball and, and that kind of style play for a long time. Um it's the first time in, in, in many years that you heard a lot of Juventini griping about wins or, or even losses in general. Yeah. Uh, how many how many times do we see them blow two nothing leads? I mean, especially the most recent game against Milan right. when they lost, they they would have never blown a two nothing lead with Allegri, uh, at least not in the league. Uh, and so you know that that's the reason why not to give him a just right there. I mean, a lot of losses. It looked uneasy in some of the games, uh, even against teams that weren't considered you know, upper echelon, the, you know, the quote unquote you know uh, top six. So. Um, let me and many people head scratching. I mean, they lost to Udinese last week, and uh, B minus is probably a good place to go. I, I'm with you there. Okay, I've convinced you. You convinced me, yeah. I was never <laughs> gonna go A, I, I might have gone B solid, but B minus, yep. B minus. I like it. Yep, so there we have it. Uh, Juventus champions yet again, nine years in a row. Um, they're gonna make it 10 in a row because that's what City is hard up for. <laughs> so that's just uh, that's just the way it is. So, congratulations to them. Uh, you know, if you if you listen to our friend Nima Tavali, he says ten in a row is definitely going to happen. If you were going to beat them, this was the year to beat them. So, uh, time to uh, do a through pass on the midweek games before we uh-huh. deep dive into the weekend action, Richard. And I'll just go through the scores. Um, Tuesday's games, and we talked about this on last week's pod a little bit. Atalanta beating Bologna one nil. Uh, Milan traveling to Sassuolo and winning 2-1 with an Ibrahimovic brace. Uh, Parma 2, Napoli 1. Very uninspired Napoli in this game. I watched yeah, this one. Yeah. Um, Inter nil, Fiorentina nil. Inter did just about everything but score in this game. Um, Lecce confirming Brescia's relegation at the midweek by beating them by three goals to one. Uh, Spal uh, 1, Roma 6. Uh, just an absolute thrashing uh, oh. by the Giallo Rossi and in uh, 6-1 it wasn't even that close <laughs> um, uh, the Derby della Lanterna Sampdoria 1, Genoa 2 thought this was a big surprise considering the form that Sampdoria was in going in I agree um, Torino 1, Hellas Verona 1 eh. uh, surprise on Thursday Udinese 2, Juventus 1 I watched this game, Udinese deserved all three of these points yeah. 
um, and Lazio 2, Cagliari 1, competitive game there. Um, what do you want to unpack from these games? <sighs> um, it's, it's a lot to talk about. Obviously, I think Roma finally coming out of their shell, and they needed that. They need that explosion, especially with how close it's been for them. They're fighting off Napoli and Milan for that, you know, for that fifth spot. Uh, I mean, it looked like they let some frustration out there, and you know, two goals in the first half, and then an onslaught in the second half. Uh, good for Roma. Good to see Zaniolo back on the score sheet again. Um, I was impressed by that. Uh, Spa, they look like they're definitely in vacation mode. They've been on vacation mode for a while now. Uh, but I, I, it was good to see a uh, a good sm- smattering of goal scorers for for them. Started off with Kalinic and ended with Zaniolo. So um, good performance by Roma, I thought. That's right. Kalinic scored. You, you see how I did the through pass on these highlights because they didn't want to bring up Kalinic scoring again. I don't blame you. I do not blame you. Yeah, there was a red card in that game too. It was... Uh, yeah. Kevin Bonifazzi in the 85th minute. I think he just about had enough and figured if I say something about the referee's mother, I can get out of here early. So that's what he did. And that's what he did. So and the other, another thing that's really stuck out to me is that Atalanta are having struggling as of late. Uh, I don't know if teams have finally caught on to them. You know, Milan, we'll talk about the Milan game here so- shortly, but uh, Atalanta, or Bologna, excuse me, kept them you know, pretty close for most of the game. It took the 62nd minute for Muriel to score. Uh, and they kept it at that scoreline, one nothing uh, against. Bologna is a decent squad; they're very good. Uh, but you'd expect more from Atalanta, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's the season is getting to the end of it. Maybe they're trying to rest some guys for the Champions League. I don't know, uh, but it would be a bad time for them to lose uh, their uh, their hot streak uh, just before Champions League. So, because many people are now pegging them to maybe go deeper than than anticipated. So. You're seeing some significant rotation with Atalanta right now. I mean, you, you've good. got some, you've got some deeper reserves going out there and getting pitch time in the second half, um, which I think they need to do. Um, and this uh, this Collie, who I still need to see a little bit more of. I don't have yeah. a total conclusion of what I think his potential is yet. Um, he's one example. This uh, uh, Chibora that came on. Uh, they have the young Croatian kid that was part of the back three. So. You know, Gasparini has been strategic in how he has mixed those guys in to try to give some other players a chance to rest, knowing the Champions League is on the horizon and knowing that there really isn't exactly much left to play for yeah. um, here in Serie A, um, you know, basically just to go out there and stay match sharpness. But it has to be said, take a page out of what Manchester City did today on the last match day. Pep didn't go out and play kids on match day 38, he played his best squad because he knows he's still got Champions League and he wants them to stay match sharp. And they yeah. they they sent Norwich to the woodshed, which a lot of people did this year, but 5-0 yeah. in a game that could have been 10, um, you know, the way it went. And I, I think that Gasparini would be wise to take a look at that and that if maybe this midweek, you know, fixture, he wants to try to rest some guys fine. But match week 38, better at least one of these two games, I think he has to play his best possible team. I agree. I agree. So that he can, so that they are ready and that they have a training environment. And let me see who that is against. Um, Confidence is such a tricky thing. And to lose, you want to make sure you continue. Cause I mean, one little thing that makes them, you know, doubt yeah. themselves, guess, double guess themselves, it can hurt them big time. So they need to keep it up, keep it going. They, they close at home against Inter and he should play his best possible team for that game. I, because that's the last game. That's the last real game action that they're going to see before playing PSG. Mbappe looks like he might be out for the Champions League match. That'd that was be a huge, dirty be a big tackle. help. That was a dirty tackle in that game uh, against uh, I forget who it was, but um, 
Yeah, it'd be un- it's unfortunate because you want to beat the, the opposition with their best players, but if you can, you know, if their best players out of there, you know, it's looking better for Atalanta, but still, you know, as Alexander Tool Alexander Tool says, you know, Atalanta realizes Scudetto was done and maybe they didn't try as hard. It's possible. Who knows? We'll see yeah. what the next remainder of the season looks like for the last two games uh, for Atalanta to see where their head is at. Because I agree with you, they need to um, figure something out and get you know stay hot going to Champions League because it's going to be a big matchup against uh, PSG. Yep, Alex is a dear friend of mine, and he's not going to mind me saying this that he's looking for excuses for why they didn't beat Milan on Friday. <laughs> he's adopted Atalanta as his favorite team. In okay, Serie a. right on. All right on. Right, Alex. Could be worse. Could be Brescia fan, right? <laughs> So, um, you know, so he's, uh, yeah, he, well, it could be worse. Yeah, you could be a Brescia fan, Spall fan, our, our, our poor friends uh, at, at UK Lecce. Uh, yeah, sorry, boys. So uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Udinese beating event, But and I'll tell you what, uh, the manager for Udinese. Um, hang in there, and I'll tell you what his name is. Um, I know his Hi. name. Alex says, "What? Look, look, Luca Gotti. Yeah, Luca Gotti. Yeah, Luca Gotti. Did they have they have they made him the full time man yet? Because he should have it. He should have it. He should have it. I don't know if he has not. We can look that up, and uh, we, or we can ask Sonia as well. But um, he should. He should. He, he's definitely earned it. The team's played a lot better under him. Kevin Lazine has played a lot better under him. DePauli or DePaul, excuse me, uh, is it playing back to his normal self? So, yeah, hire him and." Uh, you know, the rest of the team is playing a lot better and the, the win against Juventus, a deserved win, like you said, uh, sure. is ever proof of that. You know, and it was, I think they, and it was kind of a look what I found. Um, it was, it's kind of a look what I found sort of uh, win for them, really, when you look at what happened in the end with uh, Fofana scoring, you know, and making Delict and, uh, and and Alexandro look silly. Yeah, yeah. But it, I, I think that until that happened, I think that uh, Goti and company were going to be perfectly happy getting out of there with a one-one draw. Yeah. Um, but they got the win, and I think and they deserve the win. I watched the match. I watched how it unfolded. Um, they were definitely creating some things. Ken Sema was uh, was excellent in particular. He had the assist on Nestorovsky's goal. Um, you know, Musso coming up again with another. Good performance with four big saves. Um, Argentina, if you haven't made him your number one yet, you need to now. Um, and, uh, you know, so they, they, they've they earned the win. That, that was probably one of the biggest th- things I took from it. Obviously, the Roma beating over Spal, Zaniolo scoring again. Um, we have a Who Won Calcio Twitter nominee uh, as a result of that Zaniolo goal. Um, and... Uh, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, Lazio uh, getting back to winning ways, uh, you know, and trying to uh, finish the try to finish the season on a strong note after the struggles that they had after the restart. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Um, Musso continues to shine bright. He's going to be playing somewhere else next year. I don't think he'll be using as a um, I know Inter fans would like to have him as a replacement for Hananovic. Uh, but there's plenty of teams, I'm sure, in the upper end of the league are keeping a close eye on them. I'm sure Lazio are, are trying to wonder if Sarkosha is the right guy for them. He's young, he's 25 still or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's going to be attracting a lot, of, a lot of attention, and he should be the national team starter uh, for yep. Argentina. It's, it's a no-brainer for me. But Correct. So am I. Correct. So that's the, uh, that's the midweek. I think we covered it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. 
Yeah, not a whole lot of uh, you know flash. I mean, Lecce obviously kept things alive uh, with that three-one win over uh, Brescia. Had to feel good about life until they saw that Genoa did beat Sampdoria. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so uh, so the struggle continued for them. But anyway, that was the uh, the midweek games. Now let's move on to what happened over the weekend. Very uh, interesting batch of games here, Richard. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, we'll start off with a uh, heavyweight bout, uh, Milan hosting Atalanta, and these two teams played like they were Scudetto contenders. Uh, very good game. Uh, Milan looking the stronger of the two for a good part of the game. Uh, they started the scoring in the 14th minute with a goal of the week candidate by Chalanolu. Uh, a brilliant free kick from the from the side, a difficult angle, uh, beating the keeper, uh, making a one nothing. Uh, that lead would last for just about 20 minutes when uh, uh, some errors in the back a good penetration by Atalanta let Duvan Zapata score the goal past Donnarumma. Uh, 1-1. That'll be all the goals in the game. This is a, a very entertaining game. Uh, a missed penalty by Melanovsky, saved by Donnarumma uh, shortly after the Celanolu goal. So uh, all honors even there. Uh, moving on, Brescia hosting Parma. Uh, in that game, we saw Darmian, of all people, uh, scoring a goal. Kulashevsky making him look like a goal scorer. Uh, he scored in the 59th minute. Uh, Brescia would counter in the 62nd minute through Desena, make it 1-1. And then the man we, who got the assist earlier, Kulashevsky, would make it 2-1 uh, in the 81st minute. Parma wins on the road against Brescia. Uh, moving on to Genoa hosting Inter. Uh, Genoa, they're in a relegation battle at the moment, but uh, they look like a relegation team against Inter. Uh, scoring started in the 34th minute. Lukaku with a header, make it 1-0. Uh, the, the scoreline would remain there for a while, but then in the second half, in the 83rd minute, uh, the ever the ever young Alexis Sanchez gets a goal in the 83rd minute, and then a goal of the week candidate, uh, a, a great solo run by Romelu Lukaku in the 93rd minute, made it three nothing. Inter win on the road against Genoa, and uh, moving on to uh, Napoli, they would host Sassuolo. Uh, lots of goals in this game. Um, Husai. Uh, he was scoring the eighth minute, first goal uh, for Napoli, in what two hundred appearances or something. So he, he gets a, he gets the opener there. What preceded was four goals by Sassuolo, which we came to expect. However, VAR was being a excuse my French a bitch to them, uh, and took back every single one of those four goals. Um, all good calls, by the way. Looking at the replay, yeah. uh, but uh, four goals that sucks to get taken four goals taken away from you by VAR. And then to put insult to injury in the 93rd minute, Alan would get the game or make it two nothing. That's how it would end. And then to round up my bunch, uh, the game that had the most shots, maybe ever. I don't know. Um, Bologna hosting Lecce. Uh, I would go shot by shot, but there's 50 some shots in this game, and I'm not going to do that. So uh, scoring started earlier. 53 shots in this game. Wow, that's wow, that's a lot. I mean, th- there was no defense apparently. Uh, scoring started early. Uh, goal of the week candidate, Palacio would get a goal after a lovely backheel flick by Musa Barrow. Uh, and then in three minutes later, Soriano, another goal of the week candidate, a nice shot just outside the box from distance, uh, made it 2 nothing. What we talked about with the UK Lecce boys is that going down early has is, is always been a problem for Lecce. It showed in this game two goals in the first five minutes. Uh, they would get one back here just before halftime. Mancosu would get a goal and make it 2-1 to going into halftime. Uh, then they, you know, they kept punching, they kept, you know, trying to get it back in there. Falco with a goal of the week candidate made it two, two looked like they're maybe going to get a point. Uh, but in the 93rd minute, Musa Barrow again, uh, he's, he's playing really well for Bologna and he gets the game winner three, two, a sucker punch for Lecce. 
on, on a weekend where Genoa lost and they had an opportunity to at least gain one point on them. They blew it at the very end. Uh, tough, tough pills to swallow there, Frank. Where do you want to start with these? Um, the save of the weekend didn't come from a goalkeeper. It came from Ladislav Krejci. Yeah. Uh, and there were some damn good. There was some damn good goalkeeping this weekend too. Yeah. Yoshida had a pretty good save as well in his game. Yep. Um, he uh, I, a sure goal from Filippo Falco that would have put Lecce ahead three two. Uh, saved off the line by Krejci, and he like got there last second to clear it off. Because when I saw it, I said goal. Here we go. Um, just uh, the the margins that. Lecce are going to get relegated by. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's disappointing. It's heartbreaking for them. I mean, and yeah, I mean the third goal by Bologna. I mean, in a normal environment, in a normal set of circumstances, at two two, you're not throwing ten men forward. But in the case of, um, you know, in the case of uh, uh, Lecce, they had to do it. You know. Yeah. And we're looking at the run-ins. Genoa's got to travel to Sassuolo. They host Verona. Um, and then Lecce. Let's see what they've got going on here. They're at Udinese. They host Parma. So I don't – there's not anything in there that tells me they're going to be overcoming a four-point deficit because I think the run-ins are very, very similar um, when you take a look at the form of the teams that they're playing against. Yeah. Um, I think that they're going to get the same number of points or thereabouts over the next two games, and that's going to make that's going to send Lecce down to Serie B, unfortunately. Yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be hard, uh, and you know, history's been on the side of Genoa, so uh, it doesn't look good for the Lecce folks. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen. We've talked about it over the last, especially over the last five years, uh, but uh, it doesn't look uh, doesn't look like they're going to get it this year, unfortunately. But we'll see. We'll see. A couple games left. Yep. So it's uh, the um, Napoli Sassuolo game. I, I've never seen anything like that. Even though all four offside calls were legit, never seen anything like that. I feel, um, I feel for them. I feel for them. Yeah, they're all correct. You're right. I mean, once you look at the replay at first, you know, at, at live action, you're like, "What are you talking about?" But when you watch yep. the replay, it's just ever so slightly off. Uh, many people have talked about, you know, maybe changing the offsides rule because uh, you know having your arm off of this and that, but. Uh, the right calls were made, and it was, it's tough, especially for a Sassuolo fan, to, to see that happen unprecedented sure. four times. Sure. Um, I think that uh, the Milan-Atalanta game was – I found it to be balanced. I think Atalanta had slightly more chances in their favor over yeah. the course of the game. Uh, you had the Melanovsky missed penalty, a good save by Donnarumma. Um, a poor penalty, though, if I'm going to be fair. Let's let's talk about that penalty real quick. Um, did you think it was a penalty? Because many people were saying uh, first, yes, it was a penalty. Then it should have been a red. We had people like Lisi saying, you know, by the rule book, technically it's not a penalty because Malinowski's on the ground. It should have been a dead ball, ball to Milan. What was your thoughts on the whole on that whole play with the penalty? Um, there's some kind of conduct in there going on by the and I can't is it the Milan player it was Belia? Yes, That's what it was. Bilia, I think, was trying to, um, yeah. Let me let me let me, let me let me let me address Alex's question here first. Does anyone have a translation transcript of what Gasparini said that got him sent off against Bologna? He said nothing. 
and he got sent off. This was all of it said everything. Yeah, Mihailovic said everything. Gasparini Gasparini said nothing. And apparently the referee was not happy that he didn't retaliate and he expected retaliation. <laughs> he was so disappointed that he sent Gasparini to the stands when he should have sent Mihailovic to the stands. Yeah. So Mihailovic laid into him big time. Yeah, he did. He All did. the mics here. Yeah. He did. And 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 Matteo Benetti was being very I credit him for being very diplomatic about it. He said there's a lot of words being said that I just can't say on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, but anyway, uh I I I think you have to give him a penalty. I mean, Lucas Bilia seemed hell-bent on making sure Ruslan Malinovsky can't help produce kids um, with the challenge that he made. Yeah, I don't think it was a – there was a – I don't know if there was a booking in there, but I think that the conduct no, was – He got a yellow. Yeah. Oh, he got a yellow? Okay. Yeah. Um, that's after that's VAR got involved. He got a yellow. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know. It was not a red card situation, you know, at least not from the surface. The conduct certainly warranted a booking and a penalty for me. So, you know, I heard what Lisi was saying that, you know, when a player's on the ground, it should be a foul against that player on the ground and ball turned over. So if you're looking at that, okay, I, I agree with that. Because uh, I thought it was a penalty the whole time, you know, based on before I even knew that piece of knowledge. But then my question is, if even if it is a foul, Bila came in with studs in. That's an automatic red card for me. I thought that was a, a dangerous, dangerous play. Uh, a yellow was laughable, especially after VAR. Uh, so my question is then, if it, if it is a foul supposedly on Atalanta, but a player comes in with a, a vulgar challenge like that, does it get flipped around? You know, what 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 supersedes what? I don't I don't know the rule book that well to to make a comment on that. But from what I saw, I thought Bilia was a dangerous play on Malinovsky. Whoever the foul was on, I thought that he deserved a red nonetheless. Hmm. Uh, so I, you know, I, you know, people were, were happy to see Malinovsky miss that penalty because they thought it was justified. Um, great save by Donnarumma. It wasn't a. It was a poorly placed shot by Melanovsky, but I think Bilia watching a replay was this dangerous studs into the shin. It could have been bad. It could have been a broken leg. You know. So. Yeah, I think he was going for something else. I don't think he was going for the shin. <laughs> just, from the, ball, just from the replays, kind of from the replays that I saw. So, um, Inter just keep. You know, boy, they found something here with this Alexis Sanchez, and I keep saying the same thing. I said it. I said it this a couple of weeks ago with the combination of Sanchez and Lukaku up front, how Marotta hasn't turned around to Barcelona and say, uh, how much did you say you wanted to pay for uh, Letaro? We'll give him to you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, boy, Alexis Sanchez has been such a revelation since coming over, and even Christian Eriksen as well. It's like... Ashley Young as well, too, I think. The thing and, you know, and I don't want this to turn into a team of Premier League outcasts, but Conte's molding them into something pretty special here. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and Alexis Sanchez has been reborn. Uh, Erickson has, the more he gets into this, the more he's going to find his feet. You know, Lukaku got off got off the bus and started scoring goals. He got uh, cheap, but he did. I mean, so, I, I don't remember if it was Uncle Sharma or who was posting videos of uh, him making runs at the beginning of the season compared yeah. to now. And he was, I mean, he's so much fitter now. And he can get those runs now. And, uh, he just he did he did good for himself and Inter. You know, the more he got in shape, the better he got. The more goals he got. So, uh, yeah, was he up to twenty three now in the year? Pretty good season. Pretty yeah. good season for first campaign. Very impressive. Very impressive opening yeah. campaign. And I would, I would mark him among. Depending on how this Inter team is formed, um, I would, uh, I would have him among the the favorites for Capocan and Yeti next season. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I would agree with that. Um, assuming Ronaldo stays in the league, he's going to be there. Immobile. Um, 
it's curious with Atalanta, right? They got what, three guys, at least three guys, maybe four guys now, uh, 15 goals or more. Muriel, who comes off the bench. That's What do you do with him next year, right? Zapata had all these goals this year, but Muriel got more coming off the bench. Does Muriel? Do you keep this, keep playing the same way? Do you you know do you start Muriel more? That's an interesting dilemma to have for Gasparini. Well, um, you're gonna need to keep them. I mean, you're gonna have the same fixture pileups, and and it's gonna be worse yeah. next season with everything condensed. Yeah, it came so, out of in the skies with all this for for Atalanta having two top strikers on their team. Yeah, so you can rotate them. You can figure things out. I mean. The, the way they're set up, Zapata's the primary guy, and for good yeah. reason. Yeah. You know, but Muriel can come in and just be so much, you know, just as dangerous. So, um, you know, the business they've done with Fiorentina the last couple of years, getting Muriel and then getting Ilicic before that, you know, yeah. look at the team that Fiorentina could have right now. And look at the attack they could have right now. Yeah. Ilicic, Chiesa, and Muriel. Yeah. I mean, look at the tech they have oh, now, but they're just not playing. <laughs> yeah, I. So, yeah, it's just it's it's what it is. I mean, but uh, yeah, he has that many goals, and he's only started eight games, Muriel. So, yeah. um, but it's uh, it's it's going to be important for them to hang on to everybody with the fixtures coming just as thick and fast next year and on a larger scale. So, um, the Champions League money too is going to help keep those guys as well. Oh yeah, or or if they lose some, they can actually go buy some other ones. So, yeah, good for them. I can't, I I can't see any of these guys leaving either. I don't see anybody coming after any of these guys. That's the in- interesting part. It's interesting, and I, I think you're right. No one's going to leave. But the, there's one player who's been saying, you know, he wants to play. He he has his heart set playing at at, at Schalke, and that's Robin Gosens. For some odd reason, you know, maybe he just grew fascinated with this team. But he throughout the season, he's been making comments saying, you know, I would love to play with Schalke. You know, if they want to sign me, I'll agree with terms with them. But they don't—they obviously don't have the money to 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 get him. So he's going to probably stay there. Um, Is that his boyhood club, or I don't know. I mean, he—he's from Belgium, some or, or, or Germany, I guess. Uh, but he's German. Yeah, so maybe it is a boyhood club. I don't know. But he—he he, he keeps talking about he—he would—he would love to play for them. Uh, but they don't have the money to, to buy him. So um, if I was him, I would just stay at Atalanta. I mean, all the players—they got such a good thing going at Atalanta. Why would you leave it? You'd have to see what, see, see what you can do next year. You know. You'd have to send. Uh, You'd have to swap. You'd have to swap uh, Kututsu, uh and uh, <laughs> probably McKenny. Yeah. There you go, Alex Weston McKenny to Atalanta. You'd have to send Gozens the other way. <laughs> so, I think Weston McKenny actually could fit into that Atalanta setup. I think he's got some characteristics that you see with Deron and with Froiler. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that could be a crazy take too. So. You anyway, said, said crazier, so yeah, I, I've said crazier things, and and I've said some actually really crazy things that have come true. So like Milan hiring Pioli, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are. I mean, I I think that uh, you know you're seeing you're seeing some status quo. You're seeing you know Brescia playing out the stretch right now. Um, uh, direct. Who's the direct? Who's the director of football for Schalke? Sorry, sorry. What's that again? Who's the director of football for Schalke? Uh, I think Jokic Schneider holds that position at the moment. He's okay. uh, he, he came from RB Leipzig. Okay, you guys keeping Wagner? Yeah, yeah. See what he can do. I mean, they should, sorry they, to hear they have that. rotation of managers, but yeah. Sorry to hear that. I am too. So. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, well, you got Milan. They're on a roll. So yeah, fingers um, crossed. Yep. So Napoli, uh, Husai did something good again. 
and and Alan uh, scoring, getting Alan getting a cameo. I mean, I'm old. I'm I'm old enough to remember when Alan was considered one of the best midfielders in the world. Yeah, right. I know. Uh, good for him. And uh, there's rumors that he might be gone after the season, but uh, sure. good way to get a goal for him. And Husai getting his goal first goal and uh, for Napoli. That's uh, I I was surprised by that. I when I said that I was like, really? Yeah. When he scored before, but I guess not. Um, that's a good goal. Good goal. Yep, for sure. It was. Oh yeah, he took it very well. He did. Um, so yeah, that's a wrap. I mean, that uh, that certainly set things up for an interesting uh, rest of Sunday. We have a new multi-calcio time slot. It's one thirty Eastern. It's normally nine thirty nine a.m. Eastern, but you know, because of the summer, because of the heat, they're starting these games as late as they possibly can. Um, uh, and it is it is very hot in Italy right now. So uh, we'll get into the remaining games. Uh, Verona, Hellas Verona playing host to Lazio. Lazio getting a little wind in their sails after that 2-1 win over Cagliari. Would fall behind um, to Verona in the first half. A uh, Sofian Amrabat penalty uh, putting Juric's men, Juric's men up by a goal to nil. I thought that was a that penalty call was a little bit on the soft side. It, you know, I, I feel I like never, it was more of a just guys running running into each other than yeah, a. Penalty. I couldn't see if there was contact with a defender or he just tripped over his own feet. Uh, but since it was inconclusive for me, I would assume the same thing. And the call on the field stands, right? Yep. Uh, just before halftime, uh, Immobile is kind of sandwiched in between a couple of uh, Verona players, of one one of which was Darko Lazovic, who put a knee to his chest, but also handled the ball. And I think that the penalty call was for the handball. Referee didn't seem to have any problem with uh, Lazovic putting a knee in Chiro Immobile's chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Immobile stepped up anyway, made the penalty. My pick for Capo Cananieri netting his 32nd goal of the season at that moment, uh, leveling things at 1-1 going into the break. And then a free kick. Sergei Milinkovic Savic, Jerry Mancini said, what a blast. Come on, Jerry. It hit off a defender and went in. What a blast. <laughs> no comments on Jerry. <laughs> Got to educate, educate that boy a little bit about what – good quality goals look like he's happy he's, t- he's got a successful team this year compared yeah to- yeah you know he'll he, they'll finish eighth next year um <laughs> Hi, Jerry. but anyway lazio uh scores uh in, in, through through malinkovic savage off a defender making it 2-1 to lazio and then it was uh Correa in the 62nd minute uh, making it 3-1 to Lazio. The route was on. And then in the 83rd minute, Chiro Immobile with a goal of the week candidate. Yeah. Beautifully taken um, to put Lazio up 4-1. That would be goal number 33. And then he gets his hat trick, his trip, tripleta, uh, and a penalty at that in the 94th after he was brought down in the penalty area by the goalkeeper, Radunovic. Rough outing for the goalkeeper in his debut for Verona. Yeah. Um, Lazio put five past them uh, in a 5-1 win. Roma and Fiorentina. Uh, Roma had 60% of the possession. They had 22 shots, but it was two Jordan Veretu penalties in the 45th minute and in the 87th minute, uh, guiding Roma to the win. In between then, uh, Milinkovic scoring on a corner from Eric Pulgar. Uh, that ended 2-1. New Roma kits uh, furnished by Patagonia, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I think you you're not those? a fan. <laughs> I did see you. I, I actually do like the. I like the. I do like the kiss. I think uh, first one I saw had first time I saw was uh, Scott Monroe purchased it. Uh, I thought it looked nice. At least it looked nice on him. Uh, but um, yeah, Patagonia. It's a good shout. <laughs> it it looks like some kind of Horizon thing. 
It looks like something I should wear when I'm going backpacking or hiking with my wife. I was saying to you, it reminded me of the old uh, Houston Astros jerseys, the one with the red, red and yellow there. So throwback to Nolan Ryan days. But those were, I mean, but those were like, like the, the, the back, it wasn't that, it wasn't the, uh, it wasn't like this. It wasn't like, yeah, it was, it was white. Uh, and, and there was some Navy, you know, here where it looked a little more sensible here, this is just like, and I'm not like a fashion expert or anything like that, but these guys are messing around with these kits too much. You got this, you got enters away kit, you know, you got some of the stuff that's coming out Huvay this year with the pink down the middle. Uh, you know, and going away from their traditional stripes, it's you know we're getting Ronaldo effect. We're getting into the <laughs> apparently, um, we're getting into the uh, you know it's it's like they're taking a page out of uh, college football's playbook where they're just going nuts with all their uniform designs and colors. It's about money, it's about money. That's what Fair. it is. Fair, I guess if that's if that's the way it looks. George, cover your ears. Uh, calorie nil. Udinese won a Stefano Okaka goal in the second minute. Uh, he practically just embarrassed Luca Cepatelli on this goal, um, and uh, that uh, that put the Zabretta up by a goal to nil, and it would stay that way throughout the match. Uh, Musso six saves uh, in this game. He just continues to show good form. He had what? He had five saves against Juve. No, four saves against Juve. Six saves here. He's gone. He's just on a tear. Um, Calgary had uh, well, they had six chances on goal, um, so Musso had six saves. But um, Zenga, I, I had some Calgary. There was a there were a contest on DraftKings, and I had a uh, I had Joao Pedro, and uh, I had uh, Ligo Janis in my lineups. And Ligo Janis was tearing it up with crosses, with shots, with everything like that. And you know what happens? Zenga subs him in the fifty third minute. One of the best players on the pitch, and Zenga decides to take him out. Come on, hey George, Zenga out. Already, let's get EDF in there. EDF would not have brought Lego Giannis out for yeah, all of his flaws. I think he stunk it up in the last couple of weeks. So, all right, but and 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 some of these other guys that have been performing really well. So he brings on Fadago, and he brings on you know. I mean, if you got if you're worried about rotation, play this guy for 90 minutes, and then play Fadago for 90 minutes in the next game. I don't want to hear about rotation because Latan can play 90 minutes every game apparently, which is and he's 38 years old. I know. I can't even do that. Well, we're the same age, but whatever. I'm 45. There's no gosh. I'm I'm done after 10. If I feel terrible about myself, I'm the same age as, as Latan, and I look nothing like him. Alex is saying Utah Utah Jazz, yeah. The uh, the but that actually looked a little more coherent because it was like blue, green, yellow, purple stripes. Right, right. <laughs> so this is like like maroon or burgundy or whatever you want to call uh Roma, the the Roma red with an actual like fire red and orange yellow it just eh. so not n- not on board with Roma's home kit so i've got to look at that all next year don't i you do you do so i'll just wait for them i'll, I'll just wait for their away matches where they have to change kits so there you go now everyone now everyone can see what we're talking about there there you go. There's a Roma kits. I can't do it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it's yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It look, like I said, it looks good when a person. Like, it looked good when Scott was wearing it, but then, yeah, I can see. It's uh, interesting. It's interesting. Oh, I'm just asking the chat thoughts on Roma kit. Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. There's tracking ballsy. Dragon. <laughs> George is on fire tonight. He is. What you drinking, George? 
I should do the rest of my games. Um, Spall won, Torino won. Uh, Torino had 20 shots. Simone Verdi had a lot of them. Uh, he had a lot of crosses too, and he scored a beauty in the 57th minute. Um, D'Alessandro equalizes in the 79th uh, to make it 1-1. Uh, a debut uh, start for Dumba Tiam. Uh, in goal for Spall, who made five saves. So clearly a better debut for him than uh, Radunovic for uh, Verona. And then, of course, uh, the coronation, Juventus to Sampdoria nil, which would officially make Juventus champions. Um, clever free kick. Uh, uh, Pjanic playing the ball across Renault for Ronaldo, uh, who scored. And if anybody did, you saw this, I did, yeah. if everybody in the chat saw it, it, they, they line up looking like Pjanic is going to cross this in and Ronaldo is sitting on the way back post. I should, I should on the back post. And I should also point out that there's not a Sampdoria player within three yards of him. Yeah. Um, it's just Ronaldo. Yeah. He breaks back to the top of the box where Pjanic just plays it across to him and he hits a one touch shot and it goes in. Yeah. How do you not have one of the most dangerous goal scorers in Serie A? And how do you not have somebody touch tight on him? Um, you know, Claudio Ranieri has accomplished a lot in his career, but I think he, they dropped the ball on that one. I'm wondering on that free kick, because, uh, you know, Ronaldo normally takes him. Uh, if he said, you know, I'm not going to take this one, but you got to pass to me. That's all a condition. You can take the free kick, but you have to give it to me. I wonder about that. He probably, probably it worked. Did. It worked. I mean, uh, obviously. He scored a goal the other week, and this week he gets he gets one off of a, a pass from uh, Pjanic. So. And it was, it, was, it was in a range where Pjanic could strike that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, so sure. it was just, yeah. But it, I mean, I clever. I give a lot of credit to Juventus. That's yeah. a, a well thought out training ground style free kick that they scored. I think that Sampdoria was clearly not ready for it yeah. and yeah. deserved to be beaten by it. So all day. Um, and then uh, 67th minute, uh, Gonzalo Higuain leading the counterattack. Chairs were shaking and jumping up and down <laughs> as he was running. But he played it to Ronaldo on the left-hand side. And here's problem number two with Sampdoria's defense. He's taking on the defender 1v1. And I'm looking at the defender. I said, he's going to cut in. He's going to cut in. He does not want it on his left. But what happens? He cuts in. And what does the second defender do? He backs off. If know. you're the second defender, you're not there to back off. If, the, if he beats the first guy, you're supposed to step up. Who needs defense? Yeah, but they back off. They let they pretty much give Ronaldo an open invitation to take a shot that Odero bobbles and Federico Bernardeschi scores uh, to make it two goals to nil. Yeah. Um, uh, and then no Juventus game is complete without a penalty um, that Ronaldo hit the woodwork. And Atalanta fans are like, where was that last week, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, hey. Everybody misses Ronaldo. You know, people say how fantastic of a penalty kick taker he is, and he is. He's good, but he he has a share of misses. Him and Messi have both missed plenty more than you'd expect. Um, and so there's a, that one. The woodwork got in the way there, but uh, yeah, two nothing. Uh, Juve got the win at home in front of cardboard cutouts. Maybe I don't know. It was uh, at least they won at home, I guess. You know, because many many of these teams tend to win on the road, uh, the clincher. So uh, it's good for them that they get to win at home. So. I don't, think right I don't think it's Agnelli's style to have cardboard cutouts. No. 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 So. I like how Inter and, Inter, and, Inter and Milan have that um, the video screen, and a couple of other teams have that, the video screen with the uh, – you can see, like, post scenes from people on Twitter on that, during the game, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's better than the cutouts, I think. Yeah. They do, do, do they really do that? They have those in the – Yeah. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, yeah. If you next time you watch a Milan, anytime Milan or Inter is home next game, watch it on the boards. They have these uh, uh, digital videos from Twitter. People posting videos or Instagram, and it's live during the game. So it looks like people are there watching, but it's just video replays. It would only be it would only be amusing to me if the social media people from those clubs would allow the obscenities to be posted. Yes, yeah, I, agree. I, I agree. I would, you know, and then if you could occasionally flash the camera on them so we can we can have a look <laughs> at it and see what they're saying. Yeah, just videos of the people and not, not the wording because I think they would uh not it would save me a lot of trouble with scroll <laughs> scrolling on my own phone. Yeah, it would. Or have a separate like camera on the on that and <laughs> and watch that. So or live tweets. You'd that miss the game good. completely then. You just watch that the whole time. <laughs> well, at this stage of the at this stage of the of the season, not uh, Yeah, we're 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 watching a Capo Cananieri race, and we're watching to see who's going to be vice champion at this point. Yeah, um, because there's three teams with you know it's 76, 75, and seventy five. Inter um, host Napoli at Atalanta, uh, you know, for their run in. Um, we got to figure out something to get excited about. Like who 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 can finish second? Uh, can I get hundred goals at Parma hosting Inter, and then Lazio uh, hosting Brescia at Napoli. Interesting game. Chiro's gonna win this couple kind of yet. He's gonna break the record. Yep, you can make me eat my own words, but that's fine. I like it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that's good. He's on track. Uh, Juve at Cagliari host Roma, by the way, uh, for those that are interested to see what Ronaldo's path looks like to the Capo Cadenetti. So I, I think that Chiro's is better. Yeah. So um, great idea. I'm assuming you're talking about my need to see live tweets and of, of vulgarities so I don't have to scroll uh, during games. So. <laughs> uh, goals of the week. Goals of the week. Let me pull up my trusty abacus here. That's where I got my notes. Yeah, well, before, uh, before we went on air, everybody, Richard had like 30 honorable mentions. So Yeah, I'm going to mention every one of them. Uh, <laughs> okay, so my top or my honorable mentions are uh, Palacios, the first goal for Bologna, nice back heel flick by Barro. Soriano's goal, good goal from distance. Uh, Falco for Lecce had a good goal as well. And Chalanolo's free kick is uh, another honorable mention. So my top five, um, number five, Dejan Kuliszewski, uh, lovely strike with right-footed shot. He's a left-footed shot, folks, and he got a brilliant curve on that shot. Um, wonderful, number five. Number four, Immobile's second goal. Uh, what a what a, what a a way to open up his body and get that shot off with his right foot. Uh, brilliant strike there. Uh, come number three, uh, Simone Verde. Uh, where has he been? Uh, lovely left-footed shot, top corner. I mean, pinpoint accuracy there. Number two for me is Romelu Lukaku, his solo run on the 93rd minute. Just the big man was moving, and he was and he was moving the defenders too. You know, going left and right, zigging and zagging, uh, getting a goal there, capped it off. My goal of the week, though, I'm gonna little, cheat a little bit because I haven't seen a better goal in the last couple of weeks, and that's uh, Frank Kessier, Frank the Tank, uh, his bomb from distance. Uh, I mean, goalie didn't even move; it just went top corner. Yeah, that's goal of the week, and I'm I'm cheating, and I don't care. Okay, well, that's that's your top five. <laughs> we didn't have any bylaws about what match week you had to that's use. Right. And- <laughs> next time I'll uh, <laughs> next time I'll uh, I'll bring up Dejan Savicevic's goal from the '94 Champions League go. final. George, sorry, no Cagliari goals for goals yeah. of the week. So, I don't know if you can see this, but Alex just texted me. That's the Utah Jazz. Ah, there you go. Good call, Alex. Good call, Alex. <laughs> so that's actually worse than Roma's kit. Yeah, yeah. So, 
That's actually that's actually worse than Roma's kit. Yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, when was Kessie's goal? Uh, midweek, right? It was before Atalanta game. It was against. Uh, Not against Osvaldo. Ibra had a brace. Oh. How long ago was it? I don't know. It's still a good goal. I don't care. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> You're like gonna next time we do this, you're gonna have goals from like <laughs> September. Quali Arella's goal from three years back. I don't even know what the days are anymore. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Is the season over yet? Man. <laughs> uh, I'm not even drinking. Well, all five of my goals of the week are from the weekend. So <laughs> okay, okay. They're present. Okay. And so are my honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, I have four honorable mentions. The Soriano goal, like you mentioned, the Falco goal, like you mentioned. Uh Okaka uh, abusing Cepatelli. Um Sadorf's goal against Inter goal of the week, Brian Johnson. <laughs> oh, Brian Johnson. <laughs> Brian's only here to see if he won Calcio Twitter. That's right. That's right. <laughs> in the right time. <laughs> Uh, Lukaku's goal in the end against Genoa uh, is in my honorable mentions. Chalanolu's free kick makes... Uh, the <laughs> no, the one for Milan. Oh, okay, okay. Free kick against Atalanta in the 14th minute on Friday. That's, my, that's number okay. five. Number four, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo of okay. Juventus. Today, Today, the free kick that he told Pjanic to pass to him. So that's number four for me. Simone Verdi of Torino, not of Napoli or Bologna, of Torino. Okay. Uh, he's in at number three. He had actually had a fantastic game against Spall, uh, and the goal was the icing on the cake. Uh, Ciro Immobile of Lazio, not Sevilla, not Borussia Dortmund, not Torino. Okay. Uh, his second goal uh, against Hellas Verona. Uh, makes number two. And then my number one is Dejan Kulishevsky of Parma. I thought that was a brilliant goal. Yeah, um, it was a really good goal. Just, uh, just very well taken. And I will uh, give him my nod for goal of the week. And I'm sure that Juve supporters are very much going to be looking forward to seeing him uh, try and do that in the black and white. So before we get to who won Calcio Twitter, because I know that's what everybody's here for. Yeah, Winners and losers this week. Um, well, Juventus, champions again. Um, it's really hard to pick anybody other than them. Um, but I'm going to go with Udinese. I'm going to go with the other uh, black and whites. Uh, getting the win at home against Juventus and then getting a win at get, getting a win at Cali that I had my doubts about and didn't expect just because you beat Juventus, you pretty much secure your survival. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, they're going to go to the island and – they're going to enjoy the nice beaches and they're going to kind of get away from, I don't know, I think with the way they've got the rules set up, I don't know how much free time you're really yeah. and how much you can get away from maybe some of the restricted areas they have for you and such. But, um, the, you know, having a little fun on the beautiful island and, and, and enjoying their safety and enjoying beating Juventus and, and, and having a little bit of a hangover game, but they they beat Cagliari. So I, I Udinese getting six out of a possible six. Um uh, you know, two tricky fixtures for them too, and and Luca Gotti and the job he's doing. I'll go with Udinese as my winner. Uh, loser for me um, is boy, it's a tough tough shout here um, <laughs> to try to pick a loser out of this bunch. Um, uh, I am going to go with Brescia, uh, formerly relegated midweek, and then uh, you know 
a little bit harsh on them. They put up a fight. I think I'll also put Calgary in that category. Sorry, George. Um, a team that's just kind of looking like they're playing off the stretch. But Brescia and Calgary are kind of tied for me for my loser of the week. Okay. Okay. Uh, all good shouts. Uh, winners of the week. <laughs> Sorry, Sassuolo fans. I think VAR is winner of the week. Uh, got every one of those calls correct, unfortunately, for them. Uh, four in one game, ridiculous. Uh, but VAR is the winner of the week for me. Uh, I know everyone in England is like, what? VAR. Uh, and then uh, loser of the week is going to, I'm going to go with Lecce. They had an opportunity to get a point. Uh, they could not focus for the, you know, once 90 minutes hit. And Musabaro, doing what he does best, scoring goals. And uh, he got the game where they're in the 93rd minute. So gut punch to them. They had an opportunity with Genoa losing earlier in the, early in the game, in the match week. Uh, yeah, bitter, bitter for them because that could be that could spell relegation for them right there. Yeah, I think that might have been the, uh, the the time where we throw dirt on their uh, Serie A campaign for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's uh, wrap this up with our uh, latest Who Won Calcio Twitter. So the first one, this is this is number three at the DDOA winning the first one. Uh, last week we I went with Art Morelli with his uh, uh, Anza. With his, with his dead, dying bonsai tree, saying Roma's <laughs> last trophy and how they're treating it. What was yours? Did you go with you? You went with the uh, Milan tweet, um, and, and I don't remember anymore. But I think I think overall, Art. I agree with Art. The Art one. Uh, yeah. I did like the Milan one, but yeah, this uh, uh, it was a small clubs thing, and Juventus was thrown in the small clubs. But uh, Morelli definitely with the bonsai. That was uh, that was classic. Well played, for yes. sure. All right, um, so let's get on with uh, this week's editions. We've got a handful of nominees. Yeah. Um, so let's look here. Well, obviously, George came in with tonight with uh, if Cagliari yeah. had cardboard cutout fans, they would try to leave after today's performance. So George, uh, with a late entry there. Well played, George. We like it. We like oh, it. That's good. All right, so if so, that's what, again, George, and, that's, and, and uh, George, you can be followed at Jersey SoCal. And again, if Calgary had cardboard cutout fans, they would try to leave after today's performance in reference to Calgary losing to Udinese. Um, that, is, uh, that is a winner. Uh, Art Morelli uh, is back on the board again at, at Art Morelli. Um, and it is of the uh, – you want to share what that one is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he he's this is his tweet. I'll read his tweet. It says, "My wife said, sorry, we only have these inter away plates left, and it's a picture of uh, a blue and white a blue and white plate with a pie on it, and it's it's just funny. It looks just like their new kits with the like the dish rag or whatever you want to call that, you know, tic tac toe jersey. It's pretty funny. All right, I'll have to show uh, a picture a little later. So, okay. Uh, also on the board is uh, the folks from the at all Juve cast. Alberto, uh, sorry, sorry for the break last match. Clearly, why we lost, but La Pantina is back for Juve. Sam, here's a clip. I'll tell you what this club has done to me. Okay, when they put you through, what are we at now? Fucking twenty some years. Okay, and you're waiting for it. You have to take matters into your own hands. You and you need to fucking bring it home for the fucking club. <laughs> So I went out and I fucking brought the trophy home because these fuckers haven't done it for me in so long. This was reviewing the uh, Udinese Juventus loss and then getting ready for Juve Samp. And uh, I believe it was Alberto uh, yeah. who went on an epic rant about Juve's failures in the Champions League, cussing them out, cussing the whole situation out. And uh, 
Uh, if you watch the video long enough, he pulls out a replica of the Champions League trophy, old big, <laughs> old big ears itself. <laughs> Only way Juve can get the title is if he gets it. So it was a funny video. You got to watch it. His buddies all have just said you just jinxed it. You're not supposed to touch the trophy <laughs> before the tournament's over. So they're not going to win anyway. Come on. <laughs> this is true. They're going to get to the final. If they get to the final, they lose. Because that's what they do. Oh, man. So speaking of Juve, at Real Don and Yelly. Uh, A-G-N-E-L-L-I. If if you are not following this account, you should be. Mm-hmm. This is Andrea Agnelli, the owner of Juventus, as if he was tweeting like President Trump. <laughs> okay. And I'm not going to go into politics here. I'm just, you know, we all are very well aware of the, of the tweeting. So, but <laughs> in reference after Juventus lost to Udinese, the reason some in the fake news calcio media claim Juventus have so many losses is because we have so many matches. If we didn't play as many matches, <laughs> we wouldn't have as many losses. And this, this is in the school of Patrick Ewing's. We spend a lot of money because we make a lot of money. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great tweet. Great tweet. Uh, well played. Well played. Real done. And Yelly. Uh, at the DD away, trying to come back for a second win after Nicolo Zaniolo scoring a brilliant goal against Spal at midweek, a former Inter player, and his tweet, plain and simple, we gave them Zaniolo for Nainggolan, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Nothing like a frustrated fan who watched the one that got away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do you have wise old BHJ's tweet? That's Brian Johnson, who's in the chat right now. I do. He says, just putting this out there, Serie A total goals with two match days remaining, 1,083 goals. EPL total goals with the season complete now, 1,035. Advantage, Serie A. I like it. That's I great. like it. That's great. Good you stat. Know, and, and that can be a contender for winning who won Calcio Twitter when you're dropping some facts that throw some shade on some of the other leagues that think they're better than us. Dropping the mic. We like it. We like it. So we'll uh, we'll have that. Uh, uh, let's see here. Um, at yeah. Nima Tavrud, our good friend Nima Tavali. Hashtag Pjanic finally got to take a free kick and hashtag ZR7. Finally got to score from a free kick situation. Everyone wins. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) In reaction to Ronaldo's goal on that set piece against Sampdoria. So um, well played. So we have seven to pick from, whereas the week was going on, I was getting worried we weren't going to have any to pick from. Yeah, good ones came late. Yeah, everybody brought it toward the end. So we've got seven to pick from. Who... Let's make a top three out of this. Give me your bronze medalist, your silver silver medalist, and your gold medalist. I think that's even harder. All right. Um, uh, so okay, my bronze medalist is going to go to Don Agnelli with his with his tweet about the, the you know all the losses for the, for the because he played so many games. That's number three. That's the bronze. My silver. Oh, that's tough. Uh, I'm going to go with. If Cagliari had cardboard cutout fans, they would try to leave after today's performance. And my gold gold medal winner is going to be all the all Juve cast Alberto holding up the fake Champions League trophy because that's the only way that Juventus can win it is by buying a <laughs> fake one. So that wins it for me. The video did it. If it wasn't the video, they wouldn't have won. But the video did it did wonders there. So that and the rant. <laughs> 
I, I like all three of those and I you're speaking my language and and they're all so close for me. Um but I, I got I, I gotta say I'm gonna go silver medal the at real done and yelly. Okay. There'll probably be a, if he's listening to this, we're probably going to be in his crosshairs. You gave him the silver medal. You gave him this the uh you gave him a bronze, bronze. medal, I gave him a bronze medal. So <laughs> oh, well. real done and yelly, we don't want your wrath. We know you. We know you're going to come good. We know you're going to win this thing eventually. Okay. So, um, but I'll, I'll I'll flip the other two. I, I the the silver. I'm going to give the all Huve cast the silver medal. I got to give poor George with what he's going through these <laughs> rough week. George, to me, you won Calcio Twitter today. Um, you did it. You you you, you just got it in the door at the end. If Calgary had cardboard cutout fans, <laughs> they would try to leave after today's performance. Oh, that's great! So, well, we um, gave we give him a shout. Our Morelli, so, Art Morelli, oh, yeah, yeah. A shout, definite honorable mention to that Absolutely. for sure. Brian, Absolutely. we love the we love the stats. Um, George likes the fact drop as number one. Okay, yeah, I yeah. mean, and look, they're all great. You guys all brought it. Keep bringing it. Keep so the whale, it. the whale one that uh, uh, Brian's referring to, uh, it's a picture of a whale that he made, uh, and it says Juve Merida. <laughs> it's it's yep. funny. It's funny. You got you to gotta see it. You got to see the, the tweet. Yep. It's all good. They're all good. You guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Keep them coming, man. This is going to be fun. So uh, let's break down what's going on real quick before we sign off. Let's uh, just remind everybody we have midweek taking place. Uh, it looks like it's just going to be Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday, you have Parma hosting Atalanta uh, and Inter hosting Napoli. And then on Wednesday, saddle up, there's eight games. Uh, 12.30, Hellas, Verona hosting Spal, Lazio hosting Brescia, Sampdoria hosting Milan, Sassuolo hosting Genoa, Udinese hosting Lecce, Cagliari hosting Juve, Fiorentina hosting Bologna, and Torino hosting Roma. And then to wrap it up, all games on match day 38 will be played on August 2nd at 1.30 East. Wow. Atlanta hosting Inter, Bologna hosting Torino, Brescia hosting Samp, Genoa hosting Verona, Juve hosting Roma, Lecce hosting Parma, Milan hosting Cagliari, Napoli hosting Lazio, Spal hosting Fiorentina, and Sassuolo hosting Udinese. So last, those are the last 20 games of the 2019-2020 Serie A season. Great to see that we're going to get this thing completed. When we went, when we were sitting back in March, we were wondering if we were even going to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm wondering of the top seven teams because they're the teams that, that's the biggest gap after that. Um, do the positions flip at all this the last two weeks here? And I'm mostly I'm talking about Atalanta, Inter, or Napoli and and Milan. So I, I think, think the rest ones are pretty secure. I think Inter has the biggest has the toughest run in between them, Atalanta and Lazio. I think Lazio yeah. has a relatively decent run. I mean, they got to go to Napoli at the end. Um, you know, I think that Atalanta has a chance to finish second. Yeah. Okay. I, too. Um, I think they've got a real good chance to do that. And it, it, it depends on what Inter comes out with. And I mean, it depends on how motivated these guys are to want to finish second at this point. Um, you know, and then the Milan and Milan and Napoli, Milan traveled to Sampdoria where Samp, did what they had to do to just ensure survival, and it looks like they're starting to tail off a little bit. I, I and I say that lightly because I think they performed well against Juve. Yeah. Um. And and uh, the the Genoa game was the the Derby game was weird. Um. 
you know, in terms of, I just, I was amazed that Ranieri didn't play quite really from the start in that game. That was another thing I wanted to point out um, <clears throat> from the, that, that's, that, that, raise an eyebrow for me because Qualiarella has a nice history of scoring against Genoa. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Milan at Samp and hosting Cagliari is a much easier run than what Napoli's putting up with where they're finishing up with Inter and, uh, Inter and Lazio. Yeah. Um, so I've got to give the edge to Milan holding on to sixth. I think Roma, um, Roma keeps that fifth spot as well. Four I think so. Right I think, yeah, I think Roma keeps fifth. So, um, you know, and I, I think Sassuolo right now, they've kind of done this little thing where, okay, this is nice. We got a nice little run. And I think that the wheels have started to fall off a little bit for them. And I could see any one of Verona, Bologna, or Parma beating them to eighth. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So we'll see. I mean, if, we're, if you guys are really looking for things at this stage of the, of the, the competition, those would be what I'd be looking at. I agree. I agree. I'm going to be watching Lecce and uh, Genoa these last two weeks, see what happens. Anything can happen, but, uh, Gonna be tight. They be they tight. they have fixtures against mid table teams, but their form and the way they're playing, I just I don't see yeah. Lecce getting that many points. Yeah. So it's gonna be a real challenge. Lecce have to win their last two games. That's really what it comes down to. So and I don't know if that's gonna happen. Yeah. I agree. So it's a shame. because uh, they, they they play relatively attractive football. So, so Dom, Will, Max, sorry. <laughs> I wish it would be better. I wish it could be better for you guys. But yeah. But with that, let's put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit Down. Shameless plug time. Yeah. Um, obviously, follow this page here. Leave a like, comment, subscribe. Uh, you can find me on pretty much anywhere social media at r underscore k h a r m a n. Um, I am going on a little vacation, so I will be back. A couple weeks. Uh, yeah, I know it's the end of the season, but hey, that's uh, that's what happens sometimes when everything, life hits you. So I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to continue watching the podcast. And we're going to have a, we're going to be here for the, the end podcast, the uh, season review. Don't worry about that. So it's coming. Yeah. Richard's checking out early. So yeah, I will be tackling that uh, uh, review podcast. Uh, and I am going to be assembling a uh, squad of guests maybe a guest, maybe a couple of guests. I'll just keep you all in suspense, but uh, I'll get that put together as the week goes on. Um, I agree with Richard. Drop a like, uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, means a lot to us. Um, I'm at FTC underscore 21 on Twitter. That's where you can follow me. Uh, sit down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever podcasts are played. Serie Sit Down can be found at Serie Sit Down on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Check us out there. And of course, you can find us here too. So, uh, looking forward to uh, these last batch of games and uh, getting this season behind us and seeing what the European competitions hold for the remaining Serie A teams as well. It's going to be a pretty exciting month of August as it relates to that. So um, we'll be back next week with our season wrap. Uh, thanks to everybody who uh, took part in the chat. It uh, It's awesome. It uh, gives us some talking points and it's much appreciated. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Yep. And uh, congratulations to the All Juve cast and to uh, George, who are our winners, who have won Calcio Twitter this week with their takes or with their tweets. And uh, we will uh, 
catch you next week. And until then, keep, keep looking out for our content. And as always, be sure you're telling your paisans about us. Ciao.